When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. We've got plenty to talk about on this edition. Uh, three events really. We've got the, uh, our last game at Stoke. Of course, deadline day and a preview of Bournemouth on Saturday. It's Greg O'Keefe and I'm joined by Gav Buckland and Tony Scott. And lads, let's get first, let's get stuck into deadline day because um, it didn't bring the big signing that maybe some had hoped for. And certainly I think some had identified Everton needed a little bit of extra strength in attack. But I didn't really see much dismay or fume or anger about that, certainly not on social media. Tony, I think... The impression I got was that form often dictates the mood around deadline day and the fact that matter is that because Everton are in a good run, run of form, they got a bit of a pass for not doing any business. Um, I can see that side of it. I think the generalisation of it is that if you look at the players that went out and the players that came in quality-wise, and if you're including the emergence of Tom Davis and Mason Holgate, they're like two extra players. And if you're looking at them, the way they've improved the team in the last month, they, they easily could have been £10 million buyers. Easily. You wouldn't have known. Because they've come through the academy, it saved Ronald Koeman a lot of money. Yeah. Morgan Schneider, quality, absolutely quality, stood out against Stoke. That, a fantastic signing for me. And Luchman, who looks even more when he come on again against Stoke the other day, looked a breath of fresh air. So them two signs alone in terms of quality, brilliant. The players going out the door, we'll have a list here. Nias, Cleverly, Delafeu, Gibson, Oviedo. Players of that ilk going out the door. Schneider and Luchman coming in. And the emergence, as I've just said, Tom Davis and Mason Allgate. I, I, I had to settle for that. I think most Evertonians have settled for that nine times out of ten. It's just a striker situation, isn't it, which you've touched upon many a time. We would have liked to have seen another centre-forward. But if the centre-forward isn't available, there's no point spending six or seven million on him. And then he's going to be dead woods, which you're going to be clearing out in two years' time anyway. Wait till the summer, and if that A-list centre-forward that you're after is available, then it's worth waiting for him. You've only got, what, 15 games left? Tony's got the voice of reason, Gav. The voice of positivity, my favourite hey. fair words on the, uh, the podcast. Yeah, add to what Tony said. He's got a point, hasn't he, though? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I agree with all that. I think, uh, adding to that, I think... Also, the league position maybe came into thinking that where we stand at the moment, we're sort of in that no man's land of sort of seventh, where that's probably we're going to finish as a minimum. Where if if something really happens, you know, we <laughs> yeah. could get six. Let's, so, let's not get yeah. yeah, 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 yeah don't know, well, that's what they're saying. Yeah, but five points behind Man U, Gav. Yeah, but that they're sixth, aren't they? How close is West Brom to us, by the way? On the slide, they're having a belt this season. I think they're four behind, aren't they? Then it's eight to Stoke. Play them at Goodison in a couple yeah. of weeks. Okay, you them back down to 10 points by then. Yeah. Okay, if you let me finish my points. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> so, at best, we're going to 6 to 8 would be where you would say. 
So the, the club's probably thinking, well, actually, you know, um, even if we bring players in now, yeah. that's that's not going to change that much. Yeah. So therefore, it's not, if they're not available, so as you say, not don't bring them in just for the sake of it. Wait until the summer where we've we've created a good uh, platform this season, uh, and then bring in real quality players, which hopefully tend to be available more in the summer, uh, and, and 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 go then. Um, and and say I can only confirm what you're saying, Snyderlin. Uh, excellent and Luckman, which we'll talk about later. You know, well, I've, I've voiced already my opinion. I think he's a, a top quality player. Do you think being dumped out the two cup competitions has probably changed Ronald Koeman's mind? And listen, I'll probably get away with Rom up front from now till the end of the season. It's not worth going with that B or C list centre forwards. I can get away with not being in any cup competitions, but only playing one game a week. Sometimes if the FA Cup's on, I think we haven't got a game that weekend. So it's probably going to be another 11-day gap again or 14-day yeah. break. So there's no point really diving in and buying that centre-forward, as he went. Yeah, and there's a couple of international breaks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that the season really is going to be whether we finish 6th, 7th or 8th is, is, you know, is, is tantamount to that. Uh, yeah, I think the, the the absence of somebody who can support Rom maybe still is an issue. I think maybe the thinking is he can fill up a variety of Morales, Valencia, Luchman. Don't forget you know, Kone still Cole. there now. I know you, I can hear the collective la- laugh. Yeah, someone's just switched off then. Someone <laughs> just lost the listener. Yeah, just gone. <laughs> listen, and, and of course we'll speak later about Big Donk. Yeah, so uh, I think there's a. Uh, there's this must be a feeling that they can replace they Ron can get and, yeah, back. get through. Yeah. I say there's only what fifteen league games left, yeah, so we've gone yeah. to about sixty percent of the season. Uh, so it's highly unlikely Lukaku will and I don't want to tempt fate oh, here. Oh, don't, don't, don't get injured. Don't. He's quite injury free, isn't he? So yeah, you're I mean, playing one game every well every Cal- other week. hopefully we'll be back from yeah, uh, being injured uh, yeah. from the end of February. We've got one or two youngsters who scores against Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, we'll come to let's let's mention them because Gav we were talking before the podcast began began. Donker from Wolfsburg, you were saying a few few of your mates went and watched yeah. the, the Blues under 23s beat beat United by the way at least Sports Village on Monday night, and they were really impressed. But yeah. what they saw from him and Basala Sambu. Yeah, and um, you've only got to see the the record this season for us uh, under 23 level, and the fact that you've seen some of the quality of the players who, who've moved from there into into the first team. Uh, and my understanding is from what I've seen and what other people saw on online or whatever is, is that you know there are players you would expect to see on and around the subs bench between now and the end of the season. Uh, certainly Tonker, who's obviously been bought, you know, on the basis that he is, you know, it's come from like the second string elsewhere. Like they've obviously seen something. He, yeah, he's yeah. not played many games in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so he's obviously seen something he made there. One appearance, and. Um, and, and, and it gives us that opportunity, as I say, to, to maybe blood a couple of youngsters between now and the end of the season. Wouldn't get that. Wouldn't on, the get oppos- on the opposite side of that gap, you, you feel sorry for Unsworth, wouldn't you? Considering his team are flying top of the under 23 league, six or seven players are going out on loan, and the decent players that he has got in the under 23s are going into the first Isn't that team. His job, though? It is his job, yeah. I know, you're Listen, you've got Davis off me, you've got Holgate <laughs> off me, you've got Calvin Lewin off me. I've got a couple of players here and you're taking them off yeah, me. Can you see a side of it? That, that, yeah, you can too. Um, but I think it goes back to what the role of the academy is. Yeah, yeah definitely. Before. It's not about and, winning the league, it's about bringing players. My understanding is is that the performance indicator of the academy is not whether you win the under-23s, under-18s, it's the number of players you, you can generate yeah, who can be used yeah. by the first team. 
in, in a perfect world, I think there's enough quality there that maybe we can do both there uh, this season. Um, so I think the fact that, um, as I say, we're not going to move a lot in the league gives an opportunity for us to test a few youngsters. So read the transfer deadline out of 10, Greg? So overall, okay, let, yeah, so the window rather yeah, than the yeah, deadline. Yeah. I think we, we as, as you two have articulately said, articulatedly well like a lorry you backed into a big space switched the engine off and made the point that the start of the window was absolutely 9 out of 10 um, the end of it was less so probably probably about 5 because I felt that really they did need that you know whether it was the 10 or whether it was the, the another striker they needed something in attack either to help support Rom or to be someone who could replace Rom if and when he was injured but I take into account the very genuine mitigating factors that you mentioned there about if they're not available, why go and waste money on a player you've got you know burdened on a contract and it might be a case of having to get rid of him in two or three years' time. Mm. So overall, I'd say it was a seven and a half. Yeah, I think the other thing that may have come into it slightly because I know Farhad's been as if I know Farhad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's mentioned about financial fair play and stuff like that, and he did maybe. Pay a bit more than what they were expecting for for Schneider and didn't he? Because the bid was what seventeen yeah. and they paid what twenty twenty two twenty yeah. overall. Yeah, 24. so whether that meant that actually that restricted what they could spend elsewhere on the window, I don't Maybe, know. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah. So what would you say? What's your mark for the window? Um, tell you in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would need to know now. If, if you want to know I'm now, I fence. would say eight on ten. And so eight point five. There we go. Yeah, not too bad then overall. Listen, you're just taking that in December when you re- remember the times when we sat in this room, November, September time, we're thinking, let's get to January, let's get to January. And if someone's to offer you all that dead was out the door, Schneider and Luchman in the emergence of Davis and Allgate in the first team, you'd have taken that all day long. Yeah, and I think all also, day long. I think also as well to be, you know, when you talk about our supposed inactivity, whatever in terms of buying players, that appears to be the general theme now yeah. in the Premier League, doesn't it? I mean, mm. I think I'm right in saying that the Premier League actually make a profit on sales or something like along those lines. I saw yeah. that, um, that, that So that people have now realised, unless there's a real top quality marquee player in January, there's no point going out and buying somebody just for the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the feeling, not obviously not just at Evan, but in most Premier League clubs, unless you've got a vital need to say near the bottom to, yeah. to reinforce. Well, well, this is it. I was talking to somebody about this uh, the other night, and it, lots of the clubs who do business in January are the ones fighting relegation, and it's a bit of desperation that they'll bring in and, and you know just try and try anything, throw anything at it to see if it can give them that lifeline and then, you know, they've got to factor those players into if they stay up, you know, they're good enough to do anything else other than keep a club up and, you know... Well, you look at the team that spent a few quid, I know Everton did that early on in the window, but Crystal Palace, Sunderland, Burnley, all them teams are throwing mm. money, Hull, yeah. so they're the ones who are desperate to well, stay in the league. Sorry, go, no, on, go on. All no. I'd say is that I think, and again, this is what I was saying, hinting at when form tends to dictate... You know a lot of supporters' feelings about deadli- uh, transfer windows, deadline day, and stuff. And in in November, uh, when we, when we started on that slump of form, and it was really a big test. That Cummins sort of honeymoon period began to mm. fizzle out. We all said it was painstakingly clear that they needed like a number ten or another forward to support yeah. Lukaku. And I remember saying that the fact that January is a difficult window shouldn't really be taken into account because it was obvious then and they had all that time to scout and to identify one. So let's not be too... I mean, 
Luchman, maybe isn't the, he that? Isn't he? he that? Is a winger, isn't he? Yeah, but I tell you what, he plays close between one. Maybe, yeah, maybe the clubs, maybe they found those targets, and literally the clubs just would not sell them in January. And mm. what can you do? I just, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe this is for a, a pod in itself, but it's worth asking the question now: Is when we when Mercedes came in and we were talking in the summer about of you know marquee players and yeah, you know yeah. and the big, yeah. big money signings and stuff. Has that really happened? And that's the first question. And two, even if it hasn't happened, are we okay with the quality of the squad and the way it's developed in, in this last six to nine months? Well, pre Moshiri, would you have said that Everton would go and buy a player off Manchester United, centre midfielder, box to box, prime of his career for twenty odd million pounds? Hold on, though. What I'll say to that, and it's a good point. He wasn't getting his game at United. We didn't go and pluck him out of their first team. He was frozen out by Mourinho because yeah. he wasn't because he's a very good enough. Player. Don't for forget, Mourinho. this is the same Schneider that everyone wanted the season before, and Man United bought. I him think he's for twenty odd million. I think he's great. But I'm just yeah. telling you, he yeah. wasn't starting. Uh, for them. So, but, um, I asked yeah. the question: Would have Everton pre Moshiri have gotten a, have bought a player from Manchester United <laughs> in the prime of his career? Well, the like last that. midfield we bought from United was probably Darren Gibson, Gibson yeah, so, yeah. which says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm, Yannick Balassi, yeah. another one. I'm, I'm t- t- linked talking with about the, the volume of signings. I think we spoke in the summer. Said, oh, there'll be a lot of players coming into the club in, in the summer and, and the January transfer window, and that, that that hasn't happened. There's been some quality, as you say, added in, um, but. And the second thing is, are we happy with the, the quality of the squad and the way it's developed in that time Tom, anyway? Yeah, what was the point about, we were talking about Steve Walsh um, again, yeah. and you made the point about the money, obviously we're not a selling club anymore and, and, and long may that be the case, but the value he's already added to the squad. Well, you look straight away, now how much would you buy just a guy for, six and a half, seven million we bought 7.1 Now. I'm not addressing that we should sell him, but every player has a place. How much will he be going for now? You're talking 25, 30 million? I think his age may come in, was he? He's still, still in his plans. He's so young, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, 25 million yeah. you're selling him for. Well, Easy. Being yeah, Everton's okay. best player of the season. And even he's been, he's been missing a month, and he's still top of the stats for winning the most tackles in the Premier League, okay. which says a lot about him this season. Yeah, yeah. But going back to my point, though, uh, are we happy the way the squad through two transfer windows now are we happy yeah. where, where the squad is developed and the players that we've got now is are we sort of on track do you think I am in terms of quality we're looking at players that have gone Nias Cleverly Delefeu Gibson Oviedo yeah. Luckman Schneider in Williams in Balassi in just a guy in yeah. they're quality players in my opinion yeah. look at the ones we've shipped out y- yeah look at the if you look at Ronald Koeman's ins and outs since he's come up to the football club, I think it's a massive, massive comparison where we came. Yeah, and I don't forget when Manchester City burst on the scene with all this money. I'm not saying ever in that league by any stretch of the imagination, but they gradually turned over. They didn't bite themselves everything. They gradually got there, and yeah, that's okay. what Everton are slowly but surely doing. But like, look, not being funny. This season we've been well for large parts without in January without just a guy our player of the season and our record signing Yannick Balassi. That says a lot compared to where this team now in terms of quality. You've missed them for the, the best, like the month of crucial part of the season. Yet we've won every game in that month. Yeah, in the league. Fair point. So, like, but I don't so the youngsters that are in the that are in the team have added maybe unexpected quality though, haven't they? Yeah, like Tony says, they've they've come in and been those that cliched. They've been like signings, haven't they? Yeah, and, you know, especially Tom Davis. 
Um, and Adam O'Luchman was literally a signing, but still counts as a youngster. Happy with his quality, as we've both, you know we've all said. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts maybe against Middlesbrough. But then look, would we, he might even be in the team against Bournemouth. We'll speak about that okay, in a bit. But yeah, I'm really pleased with the quality. I'm not so bothered that they haven't gone out and shell big on on a marquee signing. I think there might be time for that in the summer. But generally speaking, give me you know a Luckman or a Schneidlin over a big name for the sake of it although one big name who, who Tony hoped we brought in um, I wonder if the ship sailed for Wayne Rooney I no. mean again it's a different podcast but do you still would you still want him in the summer time for yeah, Everton definitely a lot of listeners would disagree I know they would disagree and that, that ship may have sailed and everything else I understand the arguments for and against why when you can get someone with his wages a younger fresher player understands all that but the fact of the matter is Will Wayne Rooney make Everton a better team with him being in it? He would have done he, it in this month, I believe. I think he still will. In the summer, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that without, you know, you could do a whole a whole series of podcasts on this, couldn't you? <laughs> he might make Everton a better team initially. Will but he given, make, but given he's 32 in this year. October, yeah, the end yeah, of the year. Not, October, he's 31 year, Two years down. Two year, yeah, but if you signed him in the summer, he'd be 32 in October, wouldn't he? Two years down the line, he's not going to make us a better better team. Does he I make the know. Everton players, the likes of Tom Davis, Adam Ola Luchman, does he make them better players? Be- better, well, better players than sort of the, the way they're developing at the moment, I'm not sure. It's not a coach. I'm not sure. It's not a no. coach. Yeah, I know what you say. But that in terms with of, his experience and his know-how, yeah, well, put him on the coaching staff then, rather than play. He's still a good footballer. Yeah, but you know, I know what you say. But football. I think that, and the top of the, the fact of the matter is as well, Moshiri would love him because he's Wayne Rooney. That's the Everton. Then go on your front page as well as your back page. Well, for initially, but you, the only way you get on the front and back well, back pages is by getting in the top four, isn't it? Really, and being in the Champions League places that gets you on the back pages. You might get might get us on the back pages for for a week. But after that, you know, people soon get bored and move on to different stories. The way he's so. talked about every week, regardless. I'm not so. He's talked about so every sure. week for Manchester United when he's is getting his game and when he's not. I'm not sure. I'm. We'll see. We'll see that one in all. I suggest we've not heard the last of this on yeah, the podcast. Definitely. definitely. Uh, the, the point I was going to say, and the reason I asked them questions is what I was thinking about it is the squad hasn't really developed in the way I was expecting okay, in terms well. of the way you know I, I was expecting that you know we buy players in and you know with the better the better players that we've inherited or um, Coombe's inherited mm-hmm. that will form the basis but it's not, it's not happened that way has it it's been more of a uh, it's been more of like some of those players some young bit of everything some youngsters yeah. A few big name signings yeah. and some mm. of the better players that Martin has left has sort of developed. Not not like eleven players have been brought in for twenty twenty yeah, million pounds yeah. each. And I think that's that's really good. And there's echoes there's a there's echoes of this, I think, in uh, in Howard's first year in eighty one, eighty two, when he came, the feel he bought a load of players and it was the feeling was that he that those players with the players in the from Gordon Lee would move on. What, what happened though was Howard re- realised straight away that he didn't have a load of deadwood off Lee. Yeah. You know, which is sort of, you know, sort of, there's a bit of resonance now. Like who? Which, which sort of players were Well, a lot, a lot of squad players. He, he put, like, you know, he put 10 on the uh, the transfer list in the yeah. 82. Did, like, you know, this transfer wins and yeah, the equivalent yeah. of it. Because, the yeah, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. And some of the players he brought in weren't good enough. Uh, so he developed the team really through a combination of like a lot of younger players came through from the reserves you know Sharp 
Gary Stevens, Kevlicho, never come through. Obviously, we bought him. Some of the better players that he's inherited from from Gordon Lee, you know, say Kevin Ratcliffe would be yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, and then some, and then he brought in some signings himself, like Kevin in '82. Brought Kevin Cheesy through, brought brought Aidan So that great '80s mm. mid '80s team developed in a slightly different way than what you would expect. And I see, and it's not exactly the same now, but there's something, mm. it's something similar where there's the same combination of yeah. factors that are playing in, and and there's some similarities. I'm not saying we're going to be the best team in Europe in three years, but yeah. it's just it's just an well, example well, of the way squad squads developed. Could you imagine if we followed the same evolution? All right, a little bit of an element of fancy football, but whoever's in goal, you might have you know Mason Holgate in the defence, Michael Keane maybe. Yeah, who's I would feel that he's a you know yeah unless we get gazumped by a Champions League club, you could do a lot worse and he's a player by the way. Then you move into the midfield. You've got Luckman. You've got Davies. You've got maybe Kieran Dowell. You know, you've got class. You might have Anton Donker staying. I yeah. don't know. But Gav, you yeah. always suggested to especially the players that Everton you'd look to sign. Does that age gap where you said yeah. there was no one in the mid twenties? Now with Morgan Schneiderlin and, and it's just a guy. But that's besides that's, 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 that. Yeah, human interest, that hasn't he? Yeah. So I just what I'm saying is squads developing and successful squads develop in a slightly different way than what you expect at the time. Mm-hmm. And I see a certain mirroring of that early eighties at the moment. I'm not saying it's gonna repeat it as a mm-hmm. you know, big health warning on <laughs> yeah. but sometimes a combination of things can really unexpectedly can really drive the right chemistry. Mm-hmm. And um it's quite clear that, that that appears to be happening at the moment. Okay, so moving on, let's talk about Stoke. A little bit of a down to earth, kind of after you know this sort of the previous games where we were clearly on on a high. Um, a lot a lot of people expect us to go there, maybe unfairly given how strong uh, so far at, at home to go there and get a result. We went and started in a fashion that we've we've become accustomed to at times this season, but it was really basic defensive errors and far too easy a goal conceded Gav um, it wasn't good enough that was it no first half um, and that, that's one thing that we do need to, uh, to start doing is starting games better but starting too many games on the on the back foot uh, and we're under the caution in the first half better in the second half um, and I think that I don't know why that's the case I don't know whether that's deliberately sort of set out to just take a look at the opposition and then see where it goes but it's a bit baffling really yeah. I think we got caught cold I think Everton have played that the three at the back and to give Cuban his, his due I said it at half time I said he's going to have to change this formation and yet again he's done it he took uh, Holgate came off Holgate McCarthy came off came McCarthy on. come on and next minute you're playing four at the back the three at the back weren't working and as I said Cuban, it shows how far we've come everyone was expecting us to go to Stoke away and beat them now, oh, I don't, oh, yeah, sure. the majority of Evertonians sure. I spoke to were going there, so we're going to beat these here today. So the form Everton were in, definitely. Yeah, the majority of Evertonians thought we'd go to Stoke. But what I liked about Cumin is that he's seen Holgate was struggling, he's seen Funes Mori was struggling because they were going direct to Peter Couch. Now, you've got no chance of winning the first ball against Peter Couch. Win the second ball, we weren't doing that, you see. Arnaldsvich uh, was compounding that problem of because he's a big, was, powerful. He form. was, yeah. but. He was playing what well, um, Peter Couch was clever. He was playing on Holgate. Now, stupid, is he? Of no, course, exactly, he's of course he is. So give Cumin his due. He's seen it, addressed it, played four at the back, and Everton looked a different team. Then once, I, I, 
when Lockham come on, he done more within ten seconds than Kevin Morales did in all the game. Morales is here, there on the periphery of games. Luckman comes on, he picks up the ball within ten seconds, has a shot at the goalie, goalie parries it for the corner. Within a minute straight after that, he comes deep for the ball, drops the shoulder, leaves Charlie Adam and Glenn Whelan for dead, and plays a lovely one two with Tom Davis, where we nearly score from again. Within ten minutes of that lad being on, he'd done more than Kevin Morales. He's an absolute knock and bet to start against Bournemouth on Saturday. Yeah, absolute certainty. He's, had, he's, he's played three times for us and He's had, he's, had, he's, had, he's had the shots with his third touch in all three games. Oh, what's a start? Which is, uh, which is, um, he, looks, he looks frightening. He looks frightening yeah. when you see him on the pitch. He ah. just, he's gliding past players. He's dropping shoulders. He's very skillfully dynamic. He's he's, fr- he's on the front foot, and that's what I like about him. He, like when Kevin Morales gets the ball, he look he look or look back or it's an always just that his body language is near for me. Whereas in Luckman's shoes, he gets that ball, there's nothing else in his idea to run at that defender and make him backpedal. Yeah, I think that he's got a bit more to his game. I think he's a good finisher as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, well, we saw that just yeah. in the clip from Finch Farm when him and Lukaku yeah. were doing finishing yeah. drills. He was unlucky, to be fair, with that shot when Davis had the header. Coleman took a cross out. Davis come in, arriving late. Header, fantastic save from Grant. And then Luckman at the shot across the face of the goal. That could have hit anyone and gone in and Everton win 2-1. Yeah. But the, the last 20 minutes, I thought Everton were absolutely fantastic and they should have won. Oh. They were really unlucky. I think fantastic is, a, I think, a bit of a note. I think it's a bit no, over the top. I, don't think I, I thought they were really good. He played some crap on football. Have you been taking some sort of medication? Yeah, they were some really good they were, football. No, yeah, yeah. Was. No. They, all they were doing was lumping it forward to Crouch. That's it's all they were doing. Everyone were playing the football. They were first, yeah, first, No, the first yeah. half, right, the first half was a bit Against of a knock. City, they were fantastic. No, I thought that in, in times in that game, they played some really be- good far football. Far better compared have to a look the first at the, Have a look at the Davis and the Luckman situation. One, two, back heel, next minute, yeah. Luckman's in the there box. Was, there was one bit of the war pass with Ross Barkley with Davis, wasn't there? Where yeah. Davis sort of took too many pit touches, didn't he, in the, in the box. No, that's fine. I mean, going back to Luckman, I said last week, is I don't... Put all this down to like youthful enthusiasm and sort of fearlessness of youth. I just think he's got it in him. His quality, full stop. You know, and I agree. I, I'd play him tomorrow. I've seen yeah. no, especially the opposition that we're not we're at home. I think he's got something about him and capture it. Our balance there at the moment. One player again doesn't doesn't get the limelight what he deserves. Whereas is Joel Robles. He made two fantastic saves in that first half. Really did, and they were crucial. They were one on ones. And their big saves still going 2-0, different game, Everton are then chasing it. Two big, massive saves, and Robles is justifying that number one. I think you're seeing a, a player who's benefiting from the, the manager's faith in him and a sustained run in the team. Um, I think his, his self-belief has never been higher. Mm-hmm. And I think those saves are probably a product of that. He's obviously got the ability, uh, and he's at times arguably being unfairly messed around in terms of, well, certainly by the former manager with Tim Howard, he, for me, must finish the season as, as first choice. Definitely. Um, barring any spectacular meltdown. And I think it's not even an issue anymore. When the last few weeks, Cumin's been asking his presser, who's your number one? Stick Allenberg, Robles. Well, Robles has answered that question for him. Mm. Um, is he perfect? No. But, but, you know, as we've said in recent pods, only your top four, really. I've got near, close yeah. to perfect goalkeepers. It shows you how well he's done. No one's mentioned bringing a goalie in in January. And everyone was up in arms at the yeah. start of the season. We bought Stecklenberg yeah. in. We, we, we need a goalkeeper. We've yeah. got to get a goal to Joe Hart. Go and go and get Tim. All these players yeah. linked with us. 
Not one person mentions a goalkeeper. That's a good shout. I think if you replay a podcast from October, I think I, I get asked the question, who do you think we should buy in January? He said the goalkeeper, goalkeeper straight away. We all said it. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a long-term thing there, though, isn't it, which we perhaps leave for a later date. But in the here and now, I think he's well good enough to be our number one. And um, I think that that's uh, I think that reflects well on him, to be honest with you. Yeah, having sort of been in and out, and he sort of he's shown good character for once for a phrase, better phrase. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. All I'd say too is just just touching on mm. an observation that we made about how rightly Cumin was applauded for doing something that a lot of managers don't do. A lot of managers are stubborn. Mm. He realised that you know that we were being totally overpowered mm. by the combination of Crouch and Arnautovic that Holgate was getting bullied. All I would say, though, is why didn't he know... I mean, Stoke were always going to play like that. Why didn't he see that before? Why so, didn't he start with a back four? Well, why, why wait to go behind and then well, to get on the back foot before you change it? Because it's that, not, it's I not know, a new I know what you mean. But well, the formation he's been playing has worked so well, hasn't it? So but then he goes for course. Yeah, he is, but if he changes that formation, if he yeah. goes 4-4-2, say for Ivan yeah. and Stoke beats us 2-0, You'd be the first to say, "What's he doing, changing that formation?" And we've got beat when it's worked in the past. Don't change your winning team. You can't Don't change your formation. Case, he might have come out and said, "I changed it because I felt that with Peter Crouch and Arnautovic's physicality, Mason might be in a bit exposed." And good enough, that's what happened. Mason Holgate is a terrific young defender, but his his physical presence is developing. Let's just say, mm. and it wasn't the game for him for me. And you know, maybe to to our cost, that was. Well, yeah. That was proved. Yeah. But what did, you, what did you like about him? I know you touched on it then. He changed it at half time. He showed that he had that plan B up his sleeve. Well, we've said I'll that, change know, it. And there's not many managers in the Premier League that even change it. Yeah. And there's, you look at Jurgen Klopp and the, uh, Arsene Wenger and Jose, well, Jose Mourinho's got in his locker. They've got no plan B. That's what they're getting accused of lately by their own set of supporters. Now, Cumin's yeah. done that half time bang, have a bit of that 4 4 2 or 4 3, whatever it is, and <laughs> we'll change the game. Yeah. Now, that's, that's, that's it. I think the problem for me, if you're playing three at the back, your centre halves are quite distance away from one another. Then in your two centre halves in a in a four four two, aren't they? But you yeah. just play close. Well, that's what they're doing against Holgate, and, and that's what happens is you can you can peel off against uh, against one of your centre halves, get a knockdown. There's nobody else to cover. So I think, yeah, I think he. I'm with Greg on this. I think he, he got it wrong in retrospect. Um, funny enough, tomorrow compared to the end of the Stoke game, you may. Maybe well, we have another another change in tactics again yeah. tomorrow, you know. Smoothly sliding into Bournemouth. How should we line up against Bournemouth? So it's uh, we've said horses for courses, and this is very much a different course. I think first and foremost, Luchman has to start. Heather yeah. Morales, I think that's a given for me. Okay. Another change I'd like to see, um, it's a negative from from Wednesday night is Romero Funes Mori. It's decision making at times. Getting underneath the ball was proven it's costly not, yeah, and costly, new, and it? it's not. And you can see Ashley Williams had his head in his hands a few times, and you're thinking because he thinks there's three centre halves, he thinks he can come marauding forwards all the time. He thinks I've got two centre halves covering for me. I'm afraid you're not. Your decision making is absolutely abysmal, and it cost Everton time and time on Wednesday night. Yeah. And it, you're going. I wouldn't be surprised. If Jack Elford comes in for him on Saturday, I really wouldn't. If he's playing the three at the back, well, that, that's the point. Because they, sorry, Gav, because yeah. Bournemouth haven't got the pace because Callum Wilson's out now injured. Yeah, so they won't have the pace because to hit. Of all sorts of headaches. Yeah, down, exactly. down there, yeah, please. I think you're right. The key there is where you're playing four at the back or three at the back. I think probably tomorrow, I play four at the back, um, because that gives us 
one less defensive player on the pitch, doesn't it? Gives it a scope for another attacker. So you played three three centre halves and yeah. Coleman and Baines. You got five ostensible defenders, haven't you? Or four yeah, and a half defenders, yeah, yeah. Uh, which might work at Stoke. Did you play four three three? I would play four three three tomorrow. Uh, and so you effectively removing the defender to put in an extra midfielder, which against Bournemouth at home, I think you've got to do, you, haven't you? I so, agree. I agree. Yeah. It's the three in Come the middle. Let's talk the three in the middle. Davis was really, really good. Second half he was. First half he was a bit of a muchness. Second half he was brilliant. But throughout the whole game, Morgan Snyder was outstanding. My man of the match. I the, the, the class he's got, he's just... You can tell by watching any player up and down up and down in any league, you can tell there's a player that's got it straight away by looking at him within half an hour. That lad's got it. So far advanced, got a footballing brain. He's very, very good footballer. And you could tell straight away... He's going to be the first name in the team sheet every single week. He's going to be anyway because he spent 20-odd million for <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. But on yeah, the basis yeah, of that, yeah. you can tell. He's a shoe-in. So, whatever you're looking at in regards to Davis, Guy, McCarthy or Barry, it's going to be four of them are going to be fighting for the two other spots provided he's playing that three midfields. Because if he's not, then there's only one space. Who would yeah. you start as your 4 3 3? Trying to work out the match that day. So. <laughs> because yeah, if you've got, if yeah, you're playing 4 4 2, if you're only playing 4 in midfield, yeah. you're going to have two wingers, aren't you? And then you can only play two centre midfielders. Yeah. So Schneiderland's definitely going to be one. Yeah. So then you've got Guy, Barry, McCarthy, and Davis with the other one. Well, I'd, if you play 4 3 3, who would you be? Who would you 3 beat tomorrow? I'd play Schneiderland, yeah. Guy, and uh, Tom Davis. I agree. And then the three up front. Luchman, Luchman Barkley, Barkley and, and Lukaku. I don't know how you configure that with the three up front, whether you play Luchman and Lukaku as a two and Barkley just in behind them. I'm not sure. There's ways and ways yeah, and ways to get around that. Yeah, because you don't want to see Barkley yeah. on the wing, do you? No, yeah. would you say four, four, we we'll see four three, one, one, one? <laughs> 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 that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, the Sky Graphics would be interesting, <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't yeah. like to confess yeah. it on this one page, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... I'd, so, it's a nice headache for that to Ronald Koeman as to have, as it, it sounds that's probably what it looks like yeah on, if four, you three, get 3 one, 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 one. one yeah 4-3-1-1-1 <laughs> he's got some selection as he has yeah. get Ronald Koeman you're looking at them five Davis, Schneider and Guy, Barry, McCarthy well now, I'm you looking at that team that, that Gav and yourself have just kind of settled upon there and genuinely excited at the prospect of those players being on the, pick, on the park together because it's class I mean, maybe Guy's presence would allow Davis to even embrace his attacking instinct even more. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Really exciting stuff. If we can, if we, if we can make that work. The only thing is, it's a bit of the unknown, isn't it? Because they haven't played together yet as 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 that unit, if you like. So will it click straight away? Um, no reason to say. Well, what, what, what I will say is that it didn't click in the first half against Stoke for Davis and Snyderland. Well, it is with Snyder, he's a quality player, but I mean, as a pair, until McCarthy come on. And then McCarthy was winning a lot of the ball, and Snyder and Davis were getting on the ball then. Yeah. So I think you do need, if Davis and Snyder in the same team, you are going to need an Adjusta guy or a James McCarthy to go and get that ball in the first place yeah, to yeah, give it to these yeah. lads. Yeah, I suppose, I, I think that looks really good on paper. The one thing we've not maybe not resolved is, if you play two centre-halves, bear in mind your comments on... Fiennes um, Mori and Holgate. Yeah. Schumann Williams is a Schumann. Who, who would you? I played Jack Gilke. I know he's been so left out, but. And Williams. Williams, Williams yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the, so the two drop, of them are so blessed drop Holgate and, and obviously drop Mori. Yeah. I think Mori's just oh, an accident <laughs> waiting to happen. 
It reminds me of Joseph Yobo. There's just one or two accidents in him every single match. Yeah. He, 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 you're a nervous wreck watching him. I think Yobo was a bad Best player, defender, wasn't he? Defender. Yeah, there was yeah. an accident in Yobo every game, wasn't oh, he? There is, but not as. Not, he did, if he, he didn't look. If he weren't tying a shoelace in his own box while the game's going on, yeah. or doing overhead kicks from corners, <laughs> th- th- this is what Romero Funes yeah, was. No, I think Yobo, with all due respect to Romero Funes, I think Yobo was far best as But would that help? Would that help that Callum Wilson's now injured? Do you think that might force his answer to even get away with Phil Chagilka then? Because Bournemouth aren't going to exactly be blessed I with pace. No, well, you might say, actually, I need to give Holgate more game time to centre half. Actually, tomorrow's the, the game to, to do it, you yeah. know, and because uh, he. He took him off for half time against Leicester, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so that's twice this year as he's been taken off for half time. You may think, actually, if I leave him out, I'm sending the wrong message. I'd rather play him and show some confidence with, with Williams. So, and, and don't think Holgate's actually played as a central defensive partnership. I think he's only played at the back when with he played three. today, haven't yeah. he? I know he's played right back, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I think that maybe that. That would be the smart move. Maybe a lot of it, Gav, will depend on what's happening behind closed doors at Finch Farm. If Phil Jagielka is tearing up trees and coming into every single training session determined to win his place back, and he's he is stamping his authority as an England international, as a club, club captain, captain, yeah, then maybe he's going to make up Cooper's mind for him. Fair if sure. he's coming in feeling sorry for himself. Then Cuba might say, Do you know what? That's not what I need to say. But the argument is then actually you play Jaggy Elker and Holgate saying that Ashley Williams had a tough game at Stoke on the Wednesday, he's 30 yards. Actually, I might rest. Maybe. Maybe. Actually, he plays every game this season, Williams. Quite possibly, he must be there yeah. or thereabouts. Yeah. I don't think there's many games he's missed since yeah. he started. Mm. So actually, actually, we've got like a really good run of fixtures coming up. You played on, on Wednesday. I want to give uh, Jags and Holgate some game time, you know, sticking on the bench, mate. Mm. Would that be possibly the worst thing you could do to a player of that age? Like if he's in a run of games and then no, let him have a blowout. I, I, I think Ashley Williams is professional enough and being around long enough to maybe understand that. Again, you don't know, Greg, what mm. goes on behind closed doors. A question I'll ask is, um, Phil Jagielka was, well, it, it did happen. He had a meeting with Ronald Koeman before the, before the deadline. What do you think that meeting was said? What do you think come of it? I think, look, everybody knows Jagielka is an honest, down-to-earth, uh, forward speak, straight speaking kind of professional I don't think he would have gone in, gone in there with any agenda other than to say I'm, a, I'm 34 I want to be playing football week in week out let me know where I stand am I in your plans am I going to get game time before the season finishes if not I'd, I'd like to maybe explore the opportunity of playing elsewhere and Cooman must have said because he said to, to mm. the media well, yeah, you're in my plans, and I want you to be to be unhappy. Essentially, I want yeah, you to yeah. be wounded about it. That's the right message. Uh, you've got just as good a chance of starting. You know, stay with us until the summer, and then we'll assess it then. Um, I think it would have been two very honest, straight-talking people, uh, and hopefully, like I say, Jack Elk has responded properly. But you know, it must be disappointing for him. However, if he's honest, and if he looks back at the DVDs of this season. He's not on the bench for no reason. He's not been unfairly treated in, in Finn. But then again, though, will he look at it and say, I'm better than Funes, Mori? Yeah, I would. Yeah, but the problem is, if you play three at the back, you can't play Williams and Jaggy Oka. No, I've like, said this, this many this times is, in, the, yeah. in the pod. You've got, you've got to have because pace the formation. You've got to have pace on the wing. He's been quite so lucky, really, hasn't he? The time you play three at the back with both of them is a Chelsea, and we all know what happened. You've got to have pace on the two outside centre halves, as I always say. So I think. 
he's 34, 35, Jack's uh, this year. You know, I don't think anybody that age is guaranteed a regular spot in the Premier League. Gareth Barry was, bizarrely, but that's a different yeah, position and a different yeah. kettle of fish, isn't it? But just briefly, um, Ronald Koeman has been shortlisted for the Manager of the Month. For January, yeah. 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 Got to be right, Dan. Got to win that. Well, let's look at who he's against. Paul Clements, Pochettino and Mark Hughes. Um, I can't see it beyond our, our gaffer getting the nod for that. Three I wins out of three. Three wins, uh, three very imp- well. Certainly, two very impressive wins. The Southampton one, we were lucky because they were knackered. <laughs> yeah, they and were we've on seen the floor, how good they can be yeah. against uh, certain other team not too far away yeah. when they're on the block. But they were they were just finished, and we weren't great against them. But anyway, yeah, we still won. I, I would think if if it was Ronald, he was saying, "Well, uh, one three, uh, I was off three, uh, scored eight goals, didn't concede the goal by the way, and beat the uh, championship favourites four 0 at home. So yeah. uh, beat that. You Give know. me the gong." Just yeah. briefly again, um, Seamus Coleman's been nominated for the Become Player of the Month. That's surprising for me. It is for me. I, no I, Tom I, Davis? No Tom. That's, that's the one I was suggesting Do before. they have a Young Player of the Month? No, Don't no, they do. no. I remember they used to do that years ago, yeah. didn't they? Barclays Young Eagle of the Month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think um, yeah. Tom Davis, he scored, played really well, coming to the first team, scored, couple of assists. I think he's more of a merit than Seamus Coleman for me. I'm, 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 the only thing I'd say there, how old Seamus? <laughs> Oh, he's only 27, on Wednesday night ahead of Leighton for me Leighton Baines is a real leader and he gets and by the way every single obviously you know we see the, the images coming in in real time from the photographers and every time there's a contentious decision Coleman's over there in that, the referee's face that's, that's, leading um, like a captain should I, I think one thing I'd like to touch on from Wednesday night is that it was very very refreshing to see I know it's not nice and it's not nice to see but in fact, for the fact of the matter, it is as it is for me, is that Everton players surrounded that referee and linesman on Wednesday night for that dubious goal. It wasn't a dubious, it was a goal. But in <laughs> years gone by, Everton would have just sat back and chewed on that and, and, and went to the halfway line, being ready for the goal kick. They surrounded that linesman and referee and got that goal. <laughs> and you know what, Schneiderman would be near, what's he been here? A week, two weeks? Surrounds them. Make sure he chased that referee. It's a goal. Ron never touched it. Ron never touched it. And next minute, you know, the referee's running over to the linesman. The linesman's everywhere. Baines is over there. Everyone's over there. All of a sudden. Now, I'm not being funny. Last season, under Martinez, or the previous years before with Moyes, that wouldn't have happened. And that's I, what we've got to be. I'm not sure, but I know what you're saying. It got was, to happen. It Gavis, wrong, don't you? but encouraging. No, it's not. Because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, no yeah. coincidence. Yeah, all, yeah, wrong, yeah, but yeah. Encouraging. all the teams that are near the top. They all do it, yeah, and they yeah, get that because right. they get them decisions. That's right. That you know, I'm sure, not sure whether they influenced the final decision because it was quite clear it was a, it was an oggy, wasn't it? But uh, just one thing, I can just say what yeah. we talked about that annoyed me on on <laughs> Wednesday night, and it's you know, is can somebody please tell Rom that he should stay on side because. I mean, for the goal, to be honest, you got away with that because he should have had enough about him to stay on side from from where Coleman was on the pitch. And the one at the end, you know, where we got the free kick and he just wandered into an offside position, last kick of the day. So we gave them a free kick with the last yeah, yeah. The last minute. And he's always doing it in every game. Do I don't want to end on a negative because we're the positive podcast, mm-hmm. but can we just tell him, please stay on side, mate, or get on side quickly as possible? 
Right, Everton Bournemouth predictions. Bournemouth, one win and eight, Greg. Lost three of the last four, and they've only kept two clean sheets in the last 12. This is against an Everton team with the most informed team in the league. Surely you don't win. There's an away win for the Cherries, then, isn't yeah. it? Now, uh, well, what's Scotty bet tell us then? Yeah. Adamola Luckman to score. That's my that's my tip in itself. And to, not to start as well. And he'll start. Oh, oh, sorry. He'll start. Yeah, yeah. He's already been on the phone. So yeah, yeah. He'll start. Yeah, yeah. He's come out openly and said it. He says he's going to. He, 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 he said he's going to come out in the coming weeks. He will be close to start. Well, we'll see Saturday two o'clock. I'm not saying he won't. By the way, are we getting no, custard pies at two o'clock? Who will get custard pies? <laughs> no, the only custard pie you'll be having <laughs> is from that buffet at Fish Farm that you make a dent in. Honestly, no but, um Let's finish it on a positive then. Predictions then. Predictions, Gav. Oh, me now. Is Seth, are you giving yours? Are you no, he's waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to go with uh, Bournemouth conceded 28 goals in 12 games. I put that on Scotty yeah, Best, by the there. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, poor on a form. Everton 3, Bournemouth 0. 3 0. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Tony. I think it's a good shout. Luckman to score. Interesting odds on that. You can give us five. To some bookies have cottoned onto it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, watched them. And he's only even money with some bookies and another bookies three to one. Is he? Yeah. 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 I think Everton are going to win as well. And the only thing is, every podcast where we've sat in, got Everton are going to win. You know what's happened. Yeah. But come let, on, let's let's. let's on. I think Everton are going to win two 0 three one. Yeah, I think you know what we didn't do a Stoke preview. That was had one all written all over. It. You know, we just said, "What's your forecast for the Stoke game? Yeah. Wet and windy Wednesday in Stoke. Yeah. One all. Yeah. No, we're three 0 tomorrow." Right, well, brilliant. Three 0 there. But you've heard it there. It's going to be a Blues home win, apparently. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back early next week to pour over the uh, the three points as we claw back the ground on United. <laughs> <laughs>